A note. Following advice from work-life imbalance may lead to action being taken by HR, your family, the authorities, or higher powers. Welcome to Work-Life Imbalance, an advice show focusing on workplace and lifestyle issues. Any resemblance to actual advice, living or dead, or actual wisdom is purely coincidental. I'm your monstrous manager, Frank Eastman. And I'm your lovable office companion, Derek Lewis. Our weekly agenda includes addressing some audience questions and taking on a few issues from the internet. But first, time for the daily stand-up. Yeah, let's just get right into it because I've got I've got plans to be unconscious under a pile of hamburgers and hot dogs in about an hour. So I mean that's that's a pretty good plan. I I don't have that plan, Derek. <laughs> we discussed well, this last week because I can't eat pork or all the well, buns involved. Sure, but you could have like you know bunless hamburger patties or something. Just a big pile of that. Yeah, I, I could, think. and God knows I have. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen your post on Instagram. I know what you get up to. Uh, so weirdly enough, today I was going to talk about food. <laughs> what? I know it's a surprise <laughs> to you, me, and have, everyone listening. I have dropped my monocle into my tea that you would dare talk about food on our podcast. What? What? <laughs> Specifically, there's a few things in this world that make me really upset. Now, uh-huh. there's a lot that makes me upset. Right, right. But there's a couple most of things. things. Generally, most things will make you mildly upset. Oh, yeah. Like, just about everything makes me mildly upset. But there are some things that will make me incensed. Uh-huh. In a, in a not pleasant to be around sort of way. Parking in very heavily trafficked <laughs> areas. Okay, and okay, not sure. not getting food when I have crossed. There's a threshold. There's a threshold between uh-huh. I'm hungry and I am angry. Right. Yeah. There. There is a. There is a very thin line between Frank would like to eat and for the safety of all people around him, Frank needs to eat. So it's imperative. Yesterday for for my daughter's uh, birthday we decided to take in a musical and that was, that's fun. It was a good time. I enjoyed the musical by the way. Which one did you go to? Uh, we went to see finding Neverland. Okay. Yeah. I saw that I was around here. Yep. And, uh, so it's downtown in the big convention center, uh, complex. So there's like, mm-hmm. there's an arena, there's a theater, there's a larger arena. There's a, <laughs> convention center they're all sort of part of the the big uh complex so we we go down there and there's always more than one thing going on so it's not like we're arriving at a theater where the show is going to be we're arriving at a clusterfuck where everyone is because there's that show there's a concert there's a a car show going on something in the convention center and so there's a lot of stuff going on in that area so I decide right. I'm going to go down a good deal early, and there's the uh, there's a shopping district that they've added right next door to it, right? And which is is pretty nice, you know, a couple of good restaurants and a right. couple. I mean, not not like fantastic places to shop, but stuff to kill time. So it's, yeah, it's acceptable. Yeah, mostly it's food, and so um, <laughs> there's a coffee shop. My there. favorite way, definitely my favorite way to kill time. Yeah, to be honest, definitely. So there's a, there's a coffee shop there, and if you park in one of the parking areas for the shopping district and get your parking validated, parking is free. So instead of paying $20 to park next door to the convention center, I decided I would park a block away from the convention center, get validated at the coffee shop, hang out with my daughter because she likes to drink coffee and be fancy, <laughs> and then your we would go to see the party. show. Mm-hmm. So we arrive and we go to the coffee shop 
and the coffee shop has a sign on the door saying that it's closed for maintenance. Oh, oh no. And I go, oh. well, that's that's unfortunate. I'm sorry, honey, that, that, you know, we planned to get here early so that we could stop and have coffee, but I did not know that the coffee shop just summarily decided to close. <laughs> so we go across they the street. You were coming. They heard <laughs> I was coming, and they were like, no, no. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> we barely we barely patched up the walls and tables and, and machinery from the last time he was here. Whatever you do, don't give him any espresso. <laughs> so we go across the street to the, the hamburger place that everybody likes. And I had arrived an hour and 15 minutes before showtime so that we would have enough time to get some coffee, leisurely walk over, and then get to our seats. So I go... Reasonable plan. Yeah. And, and so my daughter said, well, you know, coffee was nice, but she's also hungry. Why don't we go get something to eat? And I'm like, well, it might be tight, but let's go to the hamburger place. Go to the hamburger place. They've got a 45-minute wait. Oh, no. So I'm like, Oof. I- I'm sorry, honey. We're, we're going to... Maybe we'll just go... We'll go to the theater, and then we'll get you a snack at the theater. <laughs> Uh-huh. I don't uh-huh. know when the last time you were at the theater was, Derek. It's been recent, yes. Yeah, so to get a snack, um, <laughs> all total over the course of the show, she had a box of popcorn, mm-hmm. a large pretzel, a box of Skittles, and two Sprite sodas. Okay. I had to mortgage the house again. <laughs> was waiting uh, i i swear to god it was 30 dollars plus for mm-hmm. that small amount of snack food and i'm just like it's your birthday i'm just gonna smile <laughs> while i get this <laughs> hopefully that that pony you bought her doesn't need food uh because there's no money left hopefully the it's... pony can subsist on tears because that's all i got <laughs> left Tears and uh, 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 the the printed out paper statements that say that your your bank note is past due. So I had been low key planning. We go to the coffee shop, and I was going to get like a brevet or something, you know, stock up on a little bit of fat to tide me through the winter of the show. Uh huh. You know, because I'm on keto and whatnot. Right. So none of the snack foods at the theater are appropriate for me. I can't <laughs> eat the pretzel. And I love pretzels. No pretzels, no nachos. No popcorn, no nachos. All the things. They're mm-mm. just like, what would you like? And I'm like, what What will I get is the better question And none right. of these things. None of these things. Hopefully the answer, uh, hopefully the thing you wanted was carbohydrates because they had that. I think that you probably could have uh, put put a dent in like one of their barrels of cheese that they use for the nachos. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it, if, could you hand me that large can that says nacho cheese and a straw? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. That caught me off guard. Uh, oh. I mean... I guess we we all have our own personal favorite drinks. Mine happens to be things that people normally drink, like you know Mountain Dew and 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 teas. Uh, yours, the Mountain <laughs> Dew Code Cheese. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, so like that's would have been something that you could have gotten away with, but uh, I'm guessing you didn't opt to. I I did not. I respect myself just enough that I didn't do it. That and I was like, okay, we're again right next to the shopping district where there are many restaurants. And after the show, we were going to meet up with Britta between shows. She was working the show. And so she was going to have a lunch break. Uh And uh, the lunch break lined up pretty much perfectly with dinner. So we were like, all right, fine. We'll just all go to dinner. All individually, like fairly good plans. Yes. I shouldn't make plans, because making plans <laughs> makes me an asshole. Uh-huh. So, we go to the show, we get done with the show, I'm hungry at this point, because my original plan to get, like, the, the brevet is, has been right. knocked out of the park. So we're like, hey, let's go to that hamburger restaurant that my daughter wanted to go to, and we'll eat there. Well, we go to the restaurant, and all this stuff is going on in that area, and now the mm-hmm. line is out the door, and the wait time is an hour. Yep. 
And we're like, mm-hmm. no, we, we, we don't have time for that. So we leave that one. And then we go across the street to another restaurant. And the wait time at that restaurant is going to be a, a little more reasonable, still more than I would like in the 15 to right. 20 minute range. But, you know, we're in the middle of the stuff. So I'm, I'm willing right. to say, all right, 15 to 20 minutes to get seated basically during dinner rush on a Saturday. <laughs> I'm willing to hang out for that. Plus, I need to get my parking validated. Remember the parking thing where I was like, (laughs) it would be a real good idea to just go ahead and park down here. I'll buy a cup of coffee, get validated, save 20 bucks. Yeah. And see, you're you're already well and truly fucked because you spent that $20 on parking on Skittles. Oh, boy. So now you literally like have no means to 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 leave with your vehicle uh, unless you get that parking validated. Well, so we're there, and I'm like, hey, I, I'm going to have to, while we're waiting for the table, I'm going to go hit the head. And somehow, in the time that it took me to go there and return, Britta had gotten the parking validated. And, and she had done so specifically because we're hanging out, and yesterday was about 12 degrees warmer than the day before. Mm-hmm. And so they hadn't turned on the AC that oh, day. Oh no! It, oh no! It was <laughs> it was sitting still, and everyone's got the little glisten around the hairline, levels of warm. You know, not mm-hmm. hot, hot. Not we're all sitting here fanning ourselves in church hot. Yeah, but, not every, no, not li- literally. Everybody has like the vapors and and all that shit. Right, just not pleasantly hot. And so we're like, hey, it's hot, got the parking validated, why don't we bounce? And we're in line to get a table, but we'll be, we'll be those people today and just not get a table because that's going to be us sitting here getting sweaty for the next hour and a half. Uh-huh. Which we does know, not sound like a good time. We like, know my feelings on sweaty. Mm-hmm. So I'm uh, like, Definitely sure. against, anti-sweaty. Yes, I am I'm an anti-sweaty advocate. So we get the car and we're like, hey, why don't we go somewhere else downtown where we don't have like 15 things going on in the Nexus of Evil. Right. Driving people to the restaurants nearby. We'll go to another restaurant. So we decide to go to another restaurant, a restaurant that we know of. And we go, we stop, we park the car. It's like, this is nice. They've got parking. The parking is free. There's open spots in the lot. So far, so good. We walk around to the entrance of the building. The restaurant is closed. Oh! (laughs) On a Saturday night, just (laughs) with a sign on the door, similar to how the coffee shop had a little handwritten sign on the door. This had a handwritten sign on the door saying, closed. At this point, I'm hungry and a little like, hmm. (laughs) Fuck it. Break down the door. We'll cook ourselves. (laughs) So... We go, all right, that's kind of annoying, and it's a little weird, because this is now the fourth restaurant we've tried to eat at, and have been unsuccessful in doing so. (laughs) And have been summarily rebuffed. So we decide we're going to go to the hot chicken place, because if there's something I love, it's hot chicken. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So everything's bumping down on that particular corner where the hot chicken's at, and there is no parking. Not not just mm-hmm. no parking, like I circle around multiple times. There are people double parking their cars and just mm-hmm. leaving them. Just, yep. I saw someone double park. They, they've got their shit sitting in the street and they just <laughs> bloop, bloop and walk into a building. <laughs> yeah, the, the parking down there will get completely buck wild because like it, it's an entire... It's an entire street that's probably like two blocks of nothing but but bars and restaurants, and that sounds like a nightmare. So after circling around often enough that literally, like, I've got the white knuckles on the <laughs> steering wheel, and I am officially become cranky. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we're like, all right, we're, we're going to have to get some food. Let's go get some food of some sort. So we go down a couple of blocks 
And there's a sandwich shop that's part of, they renovated the building that my old dive bar used to be in. Mm-hmm. And they tore down Paradise and put up a parking lot and a couple of sandwich shops. Right. Which, in this case, like, seems like it's a good thing. Right. I know for a fact this particular sandwich shop does sandwiches wrapped in lettuce. <laughs> so this, okay, is, there we go. this is down my <laughs> list of things. Like, there were, there were other things I would have rather eaten, but at this point I'm like, put some shit in some lettuce and hand it to me before I begin eating passers-by. <laughs> right. Put anything edible on anything else edible and hand it to me. That's it. So we get parking, and we can't park near there either. So there was another I'm going to circle the block twice sort of situation. Each time mm-hmm. I'm getting angrier. There's smoke beginning to come out of my nostrils and fill the <laughs> cab of the car. Which, you know, I mean, you're on keto, so that's kind of normal anyway, but it's it's a little bit more viscous than normal. Yeah, it's a, it's a darker smoke and difficult <laughs> to see through. Right. <laughs> so we park the car and we walk about a half a block to get to the sandwich restaurant, which has a sign on the door oh, where they are closed <laughs> for the day. What? Wow. Like, Destiny was fighting for Frank Eastman to just to just consume all of downtown. So what was their reason for being closed? Maybe the last guy that didn't get something to eat for the better part of an hour went on some sort of, <laughs> of rampage. rampage and wrecked a couple of restaurants downtown or something. But it was, it was literally to the comedy of errors level. Because I had counted, and by the time we got to this one, it was the sixth restaurant that was closed or too busy or we were incapable of arriving at so we had tried to eat six different places (laughs) to find this one is closed it feels like a like a concerted conspiracy like (laughs) somebody is conspiring like they have people in in cars like riding around like monitoring your your presence and saying okay he's rounding the corner close the sandwich shop now like, people are intentionally doing this to you. It has to be. If, if there was some sort of hidden camera show going on, this was the point in which it would have been wise for them to spring the surprise. Because had, <laughs> or, stop, or stop filming because they were about to capture some crimes. Right. Like, they needed to, to just back away at this point because if they had done it again, I was going to start just making sandwiches myself in whatever restaurant I came across, closed or open. Right. <laughs> whatever restaurant you came to was going to become a self-serve restaurant. <laughs> I'm glad this is an all-you-can-eat buffet, sir. This is a Subway. As I said, <laughs> it's an all-I-can-eat buffet. <laughs> It had just been, I was, I was pretty much absolutely insane. We ended up just walking along. And at this point it was like, other people are going to have to take care of this. I cannot, I am no longer a functional person. It is, Uh it is two human beings and a bear on a leash that has not been well-trained. A very cantankerous, poorly trained bear. As things are walking, as people are walking by, you know, they're turning into those cartoon, like, turkeys with little two white things on their feet. Like, they are turning into plates of delicious food. And it's not like the other foods on that that strip were bad. They were just also things I couldn't eat, where it's like, hmm, the taco shop seems like it's probably got room in the inn. (laughs) Can't eat the taco shop, no. Can't eat the tacos at the taco shop either, but also no. can't eat the taco <laughs> shop. <laughs> I mean, I, I think you probably could have gotten away with, because uh, if there's any place that I think is is well suited to, to keto, I think the taco shop could do it. Because like literally just say, give me a, give me a, ta- a burrito bowl or taco bowl and take away a few things and leave me with just, you know, lettuce and meat and we're good. Like that seems easy enough. We ended up stopping in at a poke place, but luckily they had a little sign on their menu that was like, low carb, get it as a salad bowl. And uh-huh. I'm like, this will do. <laughs> this is 
acceptable. And so Britta, Britta explained that we were going to get the salad bowl because I was on keto. And the guy behind the counter was like, oh, man, yeah, I'm on keto, too, which is really sad because I love rice and I love pasta. And I'm like, me, too, man. <laughs> Me too. So not only not only were they open to give you food, but they were also there to be the the emotional and psychological support that you had needed this entire evening. Yeah, it was meant to be. It was meant to be. We had a connection there. In the, we, no, we didn't have a connection. I was barely functional. I just was kind of like, <laughs> tuna, give tuna. tuna. Give me fish. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad that you survived. I'm glad you got food. And I'm glad that you have made it here today. Want to get to an audience question, Derek? <laughs> you sound a little spent, but I, I think I think we can do it. Business boys. There's a person in my office who consistently earns praise and kudos from our shared supervisor. While I've never had a negative review... I know that this person is far and away the favorite among the half dozen of us in the same position. The problem is, I know this person does almost no work. They depend on taking credit for things people in their team do, or spinning complete happenstance to seem like it was part of some long-term initiative they started. I'm beginning to get a little resentful that this person gets the lion's share of the praise, doing as little as possible. Butthurt in Boise. <laughs> um, I, I do feel like that was more of l less than a cry for help and more just like airing complaints. Yeah, it's kind of kind of more kibitzing than than a question. Yeah, um, which that's fine. I mean, we can you know we can shape it into the form that we need. That's fine. Um, but I, I think that this is something that. It's something that happens quite often, but I, you know, I have not had it happen super close to me, but I have seen it uh, on the sidelines. So I feel that I have a, at least uh, a bit of a, an even ground on which to come to this question from. Um, first of all, no, I have no first of all. I lied. <laughs> Step one. Step one. Cut a hole in the box. Wait, no, no, that's a completely different song. That's a different thing. Now, I think the question, like reading between the lines, the question is, what do you do? What do you do when there's somebody who is taking all the credit? Well, it's not even taking all the credit. It seems more like this person is getting more credit than they're due. They're not taking it away from our, our question asker. They're right. just, they're getting heaped with praise for doing little to nothing while the question asker is, is doing work and just skating by with like a good job yeah getting no recognition whatsoever so like i said I've, I've seen this happen before and it seems to happen in cases where you know one person who is a question asker is doing the actual work that needs to get done that is important for you know the actual business to function and this other person is doing work in an area that is important to the manager if not the business. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So the manager sees, oh man, this thing that I am all for, this person is putting a lot of work to do that. This person must be must be praised. We have we have to praise this person. Um whereas like I said, the person actually doing work to keep the doors open and the lights on is getting no praise whatsoever. I imagine you're right that this is what's going on. This person that's getting the lion's share of the kudos it's not that they're not doing any work. They're just laser focused only on the work that is going to get them praise from the boss. Right. Only focused on the flashy work, the, the work that, that will get them, I don't know, a gift card to Applebee's or whatever rewards this, this manager seems, you know, seems fit to bestow on his workers. And, and this is, I, you know. Again and again, the problem with the corporatocracy, I think, is that these people, once they've figured this out, there is no end to how high they can go in any organization. <laughs> once you've learned very true. that all you have to do is kiss ass and look like you're doing a really good job, <laughs> the world becomes a much simpler place to exist in. Like, is the whole building on fire? 
if the boss doesn't notice the whole building's on fire, then it doesn't matter, and we don't need to put it out. Or, if you extinguish the parts that are just around the boss, and you know, as those parts, like, re-catch fire, you continue to put them out with a fire extinguisher, that will continue to, to help you reap the benefits of this terrible, terrible situation. Oh, yeah. Effectively, like, maintaining horrible systems in place specifically so that you can fight the symptoms of those systems within view of the boss. I've seen that lots and lots of times. Absolutely. <sighs> so how can we help this person break the cycle? I don't want to recommend that they, like, stoop to their their compatriots level. Like, I, I would feel bad condoning somebody, you know, <laughs> just doing flashy shitty work instead of actually good work i i know that i know that's kind of sacrilege to you frank uh being a manager and all you're weak but, Derek. Uh, you're weak <laughs> but so this is why so i keep you we, around right <laughs> that, that does make a certain kind of sense um so how do we encourage them to break this cycle i think they're going to have to get into personal branding Give me an example. Just seeing yourself as a brand. They need to look through the lens of what can I do when I do things to popularize myself. How can I be the Nike of middle management or low-end okay. software design or whatever it is that, the, that this person is doing? So it's, it's less about changing what they're doing and more about how do I make this this thing that I know is important, how do I make it Instagrammable? Exactly. We're going to have to get on Insta. Oh. Every time we push the code to production. <laughs> Hashtag deploy life. Exactly. We're going to have to, we're going to have to set it up. So we're taking a selfie of us looking just like absolutely pristine beach bod in play uh -huh. on the beach in Maui somewhere. With a real big, we're pushing the button sort of finger pointed down, <laughs> sipping a Mai Tai. Right. And then like, uh, you know, some sort of like shot cut to, uh, you know, I don't know, customers being happy that the new code is out there or something, whatever. I, I'm for this. I think that this has, this has a certain amount of promise. So, so I think you, you, A, you have to be, you have to be good at it. So, you know, get whatever the, the Instagram influencers are doing, like you need to, to, to watch them and learn and figure out how they're making their, their brand, uh, be so like consumable. And after you've got that, I think your next step, this is the expensive step. You're going to have to, to pay other people, uh, to, to then like, you're gonna have to pay other influencers to then pick up your brand oh, yeah. and get it to the top of Instagram rankings. Absolutely. Oh yeah. 100%. I mean, you're going to have to spend money to make money. Everybody knows this. <laughs> you're going to have to, I think you're going to have to go and get one of those review farms, uh, pay them, mm -hmm. get a bunch of really good reviews on everything Absolutely. that you do. Even if you don't like, even if, even if your establishment is not on Yelp, like I think you need to like, to somehow open up your own that's Whatever just you. institution you're, on Yelp. You're just on Yelp. It just says right. John you, Smith. Just you. Right. And it's, you it's are got on Yelp. Hundreds of five star reviews. They're like, this this person, John writes the best code of anyone that I've ever seen. Whenever John pushes to production, it fixes a thousand bugs, and every customer is extremely happy and wants to spend millions of dollars with his company. I I mean, you know, it, just like any Yelp review, it doesn't actually have to be based in reality. Like you can use significant hyperbole and that's fine. Um, so, so yes. So, so we're gonna have to get some fake, uh, not fake, excuse me. Um, some pre-gened, uh, Yelp reviews, paid uh, testimonials, paid testimonials. That's, that's a much less, uh, fraudulent sounding word <laughs> than what I said. Um, you know, we're going to have to, you know, get some, some Instagram and, and Twitter boosting, whatever those services are. I'm uh, going to have to pay them to, to get them up in the rankings and get them, get, get those hashtags a flowing because that, that's really what it's all about is getting those hashtags up to you know, the top 10 of the day. And then, you know, all of a sudden your hashtag deploy life, um, you got people like, uh, you know, Ryan Filippi and, um, you know, Barbara Streisand and, and other folks like that, that are, 
that are the real influencers of our time, I think. <laughs> Getting them to use those hashtags. Um, and then, you know, you've made it. Now, yeah. what you do with it, now that you have made it, what, what, what do we do with it? I mean, I, that's its own reward, Derek. Because once you're <laughs> famous for being awesome and good at something visible. Uh-huh. Good things come unto you. You don't have to do work after that. <laughs> you know, I I was trying to formulate some sort of rebuttal for that, but to be honest, like that that really is the probably the most accurate thing we have said on this podcast. <laughs> like once once you get over that hump of of fame or whatever it is, like there is a spot at which you can coast. And no longer have to actually do work. I mean, I think this person probably will continue doing the work that they're doing because uh, they're right. the kind of person you can tell they're they're they, getting they, upset, but they're still doing the work. Absolutely, for sure. So they're probably going to still do the work. You just need to to make sure that you carve off a little time to keep your Insta presence up to date. And by a little time, we mean ten to twelve hours per day. Yeah, that I mean, at a minimum, just a little bit. It. You you work it in around what you're doing and at night before you go to bed at two in the morning. And with that, just a little bit of additional effort, I think they'll find themselves getting praised by the boss as much as the other person, if not more. I think so. Uh, and, you know, it, it might help to drop some hints about, I don't know, maybe leaving some. How do you do how do you do physical like brand advertising at this office because because I, I think that we're almost there i think we're very close i think the problem would be getting the the manager to see it now if they're if the manager is already like on insta and like all about that that hashtag life then we're good like they're gonna see it but if they're not how do we get them into it i think we're gonna have to get flyers we're gonna put them up in the break room office it's just gonna have a picture of this person wearing like sunglasses looking real cool uh-huh with their uh with their handle Okay. Maybe some glossy headshots. And on the back, okay. like you can have you can have signed them for people. Like glad I could help fix that bug in production. Sean Smith. <laughs> so so what you're saying is uh is kind of create your own cult of personality. Like use those physical medium or, or physical media to uh to really start that kind of um you know, that kind of currency around your name. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, somebody, you get a signature or an autograph from somebody and you're like, who the fuck is this guy? Why do I care? But they say, you know, just hold on to it. And in a couple of years, it'll be worth a fortune. Just start doing that. Like if you're going to hit the big time with Instagram, as, as much as you think you are, then just uh, pass them out, push it and get, get a bunch of hype about yourself. And boom. Your think, manager will notice and you'll get praise. I think we're going to have to go for like a guerrilla awareness campaign, get a bunch of stickers, just says, who is John Smith? Hashtag deploy life. I like that because it's nice. It's intriguing. It's got an air of mystery. Yeah. I, I was concerned when you said, uh, <laughs> you know, guerrilla campaign where we were going. Um, which I also think that doing a gorilla campaign, because if you if you like, I don't know, shave the the hashtag on the back of a gorilla and release it into the office, that would get a lot of attention. It's going to get noticed. It's definitely going to get noticed. Definitely. I love it. Want to <laughs> hit an issue from the Internet, Derek? Let's do that. All right. Uh, so this this issue, uh, I'm not going to read the title because it is it's too important. That you come into this fresh. All right. <clears throat> so it's by Steve. So still not a lot of information yet. I'm ready. I have a female coworker. She's technically my superior, but in another department. We've worked together for about four and a half years and have become pretty good friends. We'll always chat in the kitchen at work and occasionally see each other outside of work for drinks or whatnot. Recently, she confided in me that her husband was sterile and asked if I would be willing to make a sperm donation so that she can have a child as she really values my intelligence. Her words, not mine. I think I'm simply not comfortable having a child out there whose life I have no part in, especially one being raised by someone so close by. 
I asked for some time to think about it, but I'm sure she is expecting an answer soon. How can I turn her down in a way that won't hurt our friendship? I feel that if, if you had a nickel for every time that this happened to you. I would have zero nickels. <laughs> but this is a weird one. This is and this is buck wild, insane, wackadoo level. So we 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 have a, we have approached questions or issues before that we questioned whether or not they were real, and we're um, going yeah. to once again suspend disbelief because <laughs> we've got to play in this space. We got to play uh-huh. in the space that is presented to us. This is right. Because it, we, you, who knows? We might be helping someone. We could be right. helping someone right now by telling them really bad things to do in this <laughs> a very important sort of situation that they have found themselves. Right. Because asking somebody at work, I mean, un- just unequivocally, like this is absolutely an HR violation. Like <laughs> this is of of like one of the worst orders. Like for I sure. mean. I didn't get from the wording, but I don't think that they were asking for a direct deposit, as it were. <laughs> I don't think so. My my guess is no. I, I think that there there would be a bigger problem or they would have raised the, the, that specific issue uh, in all of this if they had. There's going to be but lab no, gowns and yes. specimen cups and such. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but just like I'm, I'm not normally like queasy with with like biological type of stuff. Uh, for some reason, specimen cup that that one gets me. <laughs> some I words I are just I I don't know what it is like, and it's not specifically like you know sperm specimen cup. Just like any specimen cup that you can imagine. It's just it just gets me. <sighs> so, so yeah, so it's... yes, like like this is certainly going to be a a scientific laboratory setting, no, uh, no love involved, only the love of creating a life. That's it. And I guess that's a precious gift. (laughs) Uh, maybe. I mean, coming from, from you who is a misanthrope, uh, even though you have kids and me who is childless, um, I, I don't think that we are the best, uh, probably not the best to say, like, if we're going to exist in a world where this has happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not, it's not whether or not to do. Like, we're not going to do the goo into the specimen cup. That has already been determined by the question asker. They're, they're asking specifically. Hashtag, hashtag do not do the goo. Yeah, they're asking specifically how to let this person down gently. And I'm thinking the best way to do it. Because I think it's something that they'll understand is okay. for you to get that sad, sad face and say it hadn't come up and I didn't think it would ever come up, but I'm sterile too. <laughs> then you've got, you've got the commiseration. She already knows the struggle and uh-huh. is not going to ask again. And you've managed right. to lie and punt this off because you're, it's an empty well. We can't go to the right. well for water if there's no water in the well. <laughs> no matter how, how big of a specimen cup you bring. Um, you're exactly right. The, the only concern that I have is that it will then... Because there are... For, for certain conditions, there are support groups. And since the, the husband, uh, has been going through the sterility and has been to, you know, I, I would assume that, uh, there is some sort of, uh, emotional angst involved with, with sterility. Um, and, and let me say, I'm not making light of, you know, of sterility or, you know, not being able to have children. Absolutely not. Like that, that is a serious problem. And I fully understand that. What I'm saying is that in this case where this person is lying about it, mm. they will be pulled into, the I've seen not, not underworld, not the CD underbelly. I've seen Fight Club it, exactly. And it's fine. I think I think this is it's good. Let's do it. You're gonna end up hugging a lot of guys that you know something about that you didn't necessarily want to know about. But you're gonna be able to soak up all of that 
What is it that people have oh, for each other? I was about to say what. Is it, oh, um, is it like concern? What is the word? It's some sort of jelly, I think. Uh, so so yeah, you're you're gonna get a lot of very uh, a lot of hugs, which are, which you know personally I'm fine with. That's cool. You know, you'll have to tell your tell you'll have to make up a pretty elaborate backstory. I mean, I guess technically the only backstory is you know. My boys don't work so good. Like, you'll get to get a hug from Meatloaf. That's a positive. I'm gonna push back on that one. I'm I'm not. I'm cool with most hugs. I'm not entirely sure that that would be the one that won me over. I do anything for love, Derek. <laughs> but I won't do that. So okay. So I I think that I think that is a that is a fantastic way to handle it. If not, uh infinitesimally risky like there is a small chance you'll be invited to some of these support groups yeah um, there's a vanishingly small chance that you're going to end up like the poster child for sterility after you become the leader of your group support therapy and that's fine I mean, they, they say that you're you're intelligent like you're you're a go-getter so like i do see you rising to the tops uh, of the ranks you know in those organizations and becoming the the ceo of whatever nonprofit there is for for that condition. And when you're yeah. on Dr. Phil talking about your issues with sterility, just you'll be able to think back and say this was easier on the whole than <laughs> it just than just being a person for 10 minutes with this uh, with this coworker. Yeah. Want to get to an audience question, Derek? I think we have I think we've knocked that one out of the ballpark. I have worked in an office for a couple of years, and for the most part, we all get along really well. However, someone from another department just got transferred to ours and has been an enormous pain in my ass. He is an absolute stickler for the rules, even unofficial rules, and every time one of us makes a small mistake, he immediately, literally, runs to our manager and tattles to them. Our manager largely doesn't care, as most of the rules are just there for better organization. But being incessantly bothered by this new coworker is starting to become a huge time sink, and our manager wants it to stop. How do I get this guy to back off? Can he be redeemed, or do we just need to find a way to dispose of him? Please help. Coworker of the Crybaby in Crittenden. Wow, this guy goes right to murder. <laughs> I usually build up a little bit. <laughs> Look, if if that's the case, if if we're not going to jump straight to murder, um, something else serious has to be done because, like, honestly, I think that the thing that this shows, this shows an innate lack of respect for anyone but themselves for this little, for this crybaby. There's, there's nothing salvageable about the situation as it currently stands. Like nobody since they were, I don't know, four or five has legitimately thought that an answer to anything has been running directly to, you know, the teacher or your mom or anything like that. Like, I think this person is looking for acknowledgement. And we've already discussed what we need to do when someone's looking for acknowledgement. We're going to have to put together a Facebook page for this guy. <laughs> celebrating. Um, celebrating him. Okay. That, that was my next question. Because, you know, I, I was around when Facebook started. And, you know, some of, the, some of the pages along the same vein as what you're describing as creating a page for somebody... Uh, without their knowledge or consent, typically does not go the way of praising them. Typically, oh, are you saying are you saying they're there to burn them down? Typically, if there's some photo manipulation that um, I don't know, add some horns to to a to a headshot, or um, in this specific case, I think a, a Facebook page with a, a a headshot of them with like maybe a bib and a pacifier. It could be pretty well done. Like it would be tasteful, mm. I think. Not not so much with the uh, <laughs> with the anti bullying theme that we normally espouse. Like <laughs> kind of kind of goes against that a little bit. So 
I don't want to promote that. I'm just saying, just talking about possibilities here. If if they really want to get on the good side of the manager, I think what you do is you go to them and you say, listen, Carl, I know what our manager likes. Our manager likes rare wine. Mm. And I just so happen to have a cask of very good wine in the basement that you can give to him and he'll love it. Let's go downstairs. <laughs> Wait, I thought you said you were anti-murder. It's over there behind the boiler. Just uh-huh. Inside that nook. Go ahead and go go in. <laughs> I I think you'll I think you'll find it. Just keep keep looking. I know it's dark down here. That sound that sound is definitely not me stacking bricks. I, I so we're we're a cask of amontilladoing the motherfucker. It's not murder. It it it, it is like not directly, but it is. I don't know. Is a form. I think it becomes Schrodinger's asshole at that point. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh, that is not an experiment I want to to see. <laughs> We don't know his state until we have observed it. And if no one observes it, then his state is unknown. That, that is true. And so, so okay. So let, let, me, let, me, let me describe what I thought you were going. Because this is a way to solve it. It is a permanent solution. <laughs> One that should be uh, handled with caution, I believe. Uh, which are, what I thought you were going with is I thought that we were going to actually go the prank route and you know, you're talking about, Oh, I, I know that the boss really likes this wine and then, you know, just feed them an entire line of, of bull crap and get them to buy some like horrible, I don't know, like licorice flavored wine and like force feed it to the boss or something, um, and, and get them on the boss's bad side. That's where I thought we were going. The boss loves Uzo. Is that the, the Greek one? Yeah. Opa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think that, uh, that convincing your, your coworker that your, your boss absolutely loves this and loves to be surprised with, uh, with, how do I put this with their regular drinks being spiked with it throughout the day. <laughs> so, so you'll need to like, you know, give them like a, I don't know, like a syringe or an eyedropper or something and convince them to, uh, you know, whenever the boss is carrying around like a, I don't know, a Dr. Pepper or, you know, a glass of water or something like that, just to squirt like, just, I don't know, like 10 cc's of, of Uzo in there. That seems like it would become problematic from an HR perspective. I mean, sure. I like it. I mean, I think. Okay. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want, I want to stop for one second. And I want to point out the fact that you said that was a problematic with HR, yet boarding somebody up in the basement was not an HR concern. <laughs> if HR doesn't find out, HR doesn't care, do they, Derek? Okay. All right. All right. Touche. That's fine. It only becomes a problem if it becomes a telltale heart sort of situation. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. It, uh, your, your coworker torments you by tattling to the boss. Um, and then after they are dead, you know, it's their, their heartbeat in the walls. Here, this is a risky question. Here, pull up the floorboards here. It is the beating <laughs> of his foul heart. Um, let's see. <laughs> move, so if, move the computer monitor and find the, the beating of his telltale heart. Dissemble no more, villains. I think, I think we have to, if the boss is on keto. Just putting myself in the situation for a moment. Uh huh. What you do is you get this person. Why can you? Why, why can you not believe any story? Like why can you not put yourself in any story that doesn't involve the person being on keto? Like, has it become such a part of your 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 psyche that like you can't imagine life without keto now? Next, I'm gonna be. If I become vegan, it gets worse, Derek. <laughs> Fair enough. Continue on. <laughs> But I'm thinking, you know, if, they, if they've got dietary restrictions of some sort, voluntary ones are the best, then you just get them to leave, like, bags of chips as presents on the boss's desk. Just say, you know what would be great is if you left the boss, like, a bag of chips or a, a piece of pie. Right. 
Because that's going to yeah. that's guaranteed to get that person on the boss's bad side. Because the last thing I need is people coming by my damn desk offering me pie. <laughs> Absolutely, and and you know honestly that is that is nefarious and underhanded because it wouldn't be instant. Like the first couple times it happens, and I think that like the the generosity of the of the action is is taken as such. It's like oh that's nice of them to, to bring me pie. But after like the fourth or fifth time that it happens, like you start, I think the boss would truly start resenting them. And so uh, it, it wouldn't be like this big like table flip, like, fuck you, you're fired. But it permanently would sour them in the, in the boss's mind, if not uh, consciously, at least subconsciously. And that's really what we're after here. So I, I think this is fine. Um, now, your your budget for for sweets, pies and other such may have to go up as you... Uh, try to coax them into it to begin with. Um, but eventually they'll start paying for their own pie. Yeah, the only other thing I can think of is uh, it involves a great big blade on a pendulum. And uh, <laughs> takes a long time to set up and takes a long time to reach its conclusion. Right. It takes a lot of space. Want to get to an issue from the internet, Derek? Yeah, I think we maxed out our, our uh, Edgar Allan Poe references for the day. All right, this question is entitled, How to Enforce a No-Shoes Policy in My Apartment by Skohi001. Okay. Skoo. I have no defense for that name. I should have just said they didn't leave a name because <laughs> I feel silly now. Um, I like to keep my apartment floor clean as I enjoy walking around with bare feet after a shower without having to worry about them becoming dirty. As such, I don't like shoes beyond the doorway in my apartment. When I have friends over, they'll often forget about my no-shoes policy and come right in with their shoes on. I have a shoe rack right next to the door as a visual reminder for those who come over, and I also try to bring up the topic of shoes on the way to my apartment <laughs> with my more problematic friends. Uh, but they'll still forget or not realize that I don't want them walking around the apartment with their shoes on. How can I enforce my no-shoes policy to prevent people from coming into my apartment in their shoes? Boy, I'm glad we're going home where I can kick my shoes off. My shoes that I will kick off in my apartment where I kick off my shoes and put them on the rack by the door that is specifically for shoes that I kick off when I enter the apartment. <laughs> this has got to be a really weird look. Like, I think I think their friends just probably thinks that they are obsessed with shoes. Like... That just doesn't seem like I've never had anybody, even people who were like full bore onto you know the no shoes policy, like maybe they would say something snide or like passive aggressive once you get in the house with shoes still on. But I've never had them like, I don't know, like from the train station, like prep me with with stories of of taking off shoes. That <laughs> just seems like a weird, yeah, a that, weird thing to do. See, like. I am sometimes amazed at the length that people will go to not to just say something. Because <laughs> the solution is, of course, when people come in to say, hey, don't forget to take off your shoes. Like, that's a, that's a half a second. You just say it real quick, and then everybody takes their shoes off. There's no hard feelings. And it's not assumptive either. The hard feeling is from that one guy, you know. Nasty sock man. <laughs> Which yes, I, I think that is that is a a much different a, a that is a secondary issue to this. What do you uh, do but, if you're the nasty sock boy, Derek? So I I think the first time, you know, so I think as a dirty sock boy or a I would also extend this to be a stinky foot boy. Um, and once again, like we are not trying to disparage anybody who has. Some some powerful foot funk. Uh, you know, if you have tried to control it and it's just not possible, that's fine. Yeah. You, know, you, you do you. Sometimes those shoes have flave are lock. <laughs> and that is very true. I mean, you know, I, I don't I go through great lengths to not have super smelly feet. Like my family has has pretty funky feet. Um, and I you know make sure that I, you know, A, I wash my feet, I exfoliate my feet, I uh, I wear socks inside of shoes, which, you know, apparently that, that is, 
that is odd to some people. Like, like not that I, that I wear socks, but that I always wear socks. Like I literally do not wear a pair of shoes without socks. And apparently that's a little bit weird. Like Does some that people include sandals. Derek? No, 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 <laughs> no s- sandals are not shoes. Sandals are sandals. Uh, shoes being closed toed shoes. Are Crocs um, sandals or are they shoes, Derek? Look, man, we we have already towed a lot of hard lines on this podcast, and that is not something that I want to hitch my wagon to. Like, I am, <laughs> I am not going to be hated by one fifty percent of the internet or the other fifty percent. All right, um, all right, we can we can move on. I just it took <laughs> me by surprise. <laughs> Uh, so, so I understand, like, like I go through great links or not great. I go through links, uh, to, to not have funky feet. But what do so, we, what do we do if we do have the stank and we take our shoes off and there's like a hole over the big toe and our big toe is just kind of sticking out there and there's like a, a fly that's circling around and stink <laughs> lines are coming off of it. Yeah, that that's gonna be hard to mask. So I think that I think that if somebody has foot funk or whatever to that extreme of, of an extent, I think they'll know and I think they'll be aware. And so when they get to their friend's apartment and you know, essentially, you know, hey, can you can everybody take your shoes off? That that was that's a surprise. Like that is not something you expected. So what you should always be prepared to do, and, and I'm gonna put plant my flag on the ground on this one, like you should always be ready with an excuse to um, to throw up or not not throw up, but uh, <laughs> to like, say, "Wow, that's <laughs> damn." It's it, it's not a whole lot far off than what I'm actually trying to say. Uh, you should always be ready with an excuse that involves irritable bowels. So, so if oh yeah yeah yeah, if you get if you get somewhere and like um, you get to their apartment and it, it could be anything. It could be you know, let's take your shoes off when you have really stinky feet. Like you don't want to do that. Um, Thanks for coming to my, you know, WWE wrestling super party. Um, <laughs> certainly don't want to do that. Um, any one of those situations or, or something even worse, like you need to be able to feign uh, irritable bowel syndrome at the drop of a hat. Like it's an important skill. So you get in that door, like take your shoes off. You realize your stinky feet and you're like, oh, my duodenum's acting up and I'll be back. I've got to go to you, you, commit toilet crimes. Right. Uh, and, and that is something that people understand because they will not want you to commit toilet crimes on, you know, in their toilet. Like, so, so that gives you an excuse of oh, why you have to leave. So you're, you're backing out completely. Okay. I thought this was yes. one of those situations where you're attempting to like hurdle <laughs> no, the no, no, no. shoe removal space by, by saying, <laughs> I need to rapidly make my way to your facilities. <laughs> So that I can and shoe removal is not there's there's no time for there's that. no time. I have I have to get to the bathroom immediately. I uh, I mean that is that is a good way to like buy yourself some time because like I think somebody will excuse like you know literally vaulting over couches <laughs> trying to get to the bathroom. Uh, they will understand that. Um, that also might work for in your favor by allowing you time to like I don't know, um, <laughs> you know, burn your burn your socks in effigy to you know whatever dark sacrifice you need to make, um, and then wash your feet or something. Um, may have to do it in the sink because I think oh, yeah. they will be concerned. Yeah. If if you go into the bathroom, you know, saying that you have horrible like stomach problems, and all of a sudden you turn on the tub, like <laughs> that's a real. That's a real bad look. <laughs> People are allowed to have their privacy, Derek. <laughs> there, there are some things that 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 context clues put together to be something very terrible, and that's that's not good. Sorry, I have the um, European IBS. <laughs> uh, um. Okay. So. So if you're if you're not going to be aware of your own stank feet and like either excuse yourself with irritable bowels uh, temporarily or permanently, uh, what what's another solution here? I mean, I, I feel that that my my psyche is definitely prepared more for that one. But but outside of my my comfort zone, what else can we go with? 
I think I think that's when you bring your own house shoes. Okay, that's a little more straightforward and and probably the correct answer here. Um, <laughs> now the question is, um, I guess the question the, is, the, the, what kind of cool slippers do you bring to haul out every time you go over to this friend's house? I mean, I, I think there's there's a lot of options there, like dinosaur feet, rabbits. Let's turn this back on on the OP then. Okay. What they need to do to make sure that they get adherence, they're already willing to commit some stuff. We've seen this. They they put a shoe rack by the door, but what they haven't done is go that extra mile and buy matching and- <laughs> matching slippers for everybody that's going to come over to the house and leave them by the door. I I love this idea. My my only critique to this is that is it important for it to be them all to be matching slippers? Oh yeah, they like, all have to be bare feet. <laughs> <laughs> so no wiggle room whatsoever. Like we are we are firm on that they have to be bare feet. Oh oh yeah, it's, it's got to look good. I mean, you want everybody to look the same, and having big floppy brown with claws on the end bare feet slippers <laughs> is the way See, to go. I, you know, I, I, I think you're right. I think, I think that my, uh, my idea, which would have been like, have the slippers, but like have like, you know, little, little astronaut booties and dinosaur feet and, and bare feet and you know, different kinds. I do think that would create a hierarchy of like preferred guest that it might make some of your other guests feel bad. Like if, if Timmy really likes to come in and, and, and hop in those bare feet. Um, but you know, Veronica also has her eye on the bare feet. Oh um, man. I always get the clown shoes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would, it would as a host, that's not what you want. You don't want your people, uh, your, your friends feeling bad or that you like one over the other, even though you do prefer Tim to Veronica, but you don't want your, your choice of house shoes to, to belie that. And this is especially good when you bring someone home on a date. Uh-huh. Because there is nothing nothing more romantic than bringing someone home and making them a nice candlelit home-cooked dinner with wine. As well, you, you play footsie. As you walk, 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 walk through the house in your little barefoots. <laughs> now, now, that is a rom-com that I would watch. Because, you know, Fuck, fuck being sexy. Like, look here, man. Like, if if you're coming into my house, like you're gonna be you're gonna be putting on these slippers. And if you got a problem with it, we're done here. If you don't, come on in. Come on in. We'll cuddle. I'd watch that. Man, now we got another idea for another TV show. I think we're gonna have to we're gonna have to workshop this one a little bit, Derek. Yeah, I I, I think the the bones are there, but I think. I think we have some some amount of like I don't know viewer retention to work on because like after the first episode we kind of show our hand so or our feet as it were. Let's uh, let's punch the clock and we'll get back to this one later. All right, before we go, I know that we come to you guys week after week and ask for questions, but I think today is it's a little special. We're gonna come hat in hand and we're gonna say I want to challenge. All of our listeners, if you are to a fight to us, the death. Wait, no, not not the fight to the death. It's something else. No, because we. I mean, we we can't stand to lose any any listeners. Um, so I will challenge y'all at, that if each of you will think think deep down in your hearts of something that has happened at work or in your life that is maybe not funny, but <laughs> but it's interesting to talk about. And write us up a question and send it to questions at WLICast.com. We would, we would appreciate it. And for your donation of one question, if everyone that listens donates these, these wonderful questions, then we can go on for many more weeks and we'll, we'll still be panhandling along the way, but we'll, we'll have a, a nice smorgasbord of questions to choose from. Does that sound reasonable, Frank? It does. It does. Next. Next, I think we offer to send each person who sends a question a sticker. You know, I actually thought that, but like, the, my only concern is that like 
with everything that we send, we have to put an address on there. And look, I don't need people seeing how I live, man. Like, (laughs) there's just, there's there's nothing good about people having my address. So it's not, maybe once we figure that out. It's not your fault that the Google car, when they drove by, caught a picture (laughs) of your busted ass Honda on blocks in the front yard. It's, it's fine. (laughs) I, I, I should have known. Um. Uh, if you want to help support the show, uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash WLICast and become a patron. Uh, get some cool swag to show off your WLI pride. Uh, also check out our website, WLICast.com, where you can find links to our social media, merch store, and work-life and balance-related news. And please do us a solid and tell your friends about the show. You will be instantly more popular with your coworkers or your money back. This has been the Work-Life Imbalance Podcast. I'm Frank Eastman. I'm Derek Lewis. And with that, I think we're going to have to transfer you. <sighs> have you seen Finding Neverland? No, I I have not. Not to not to spoiler anything. One point, uh, Britta had said that the the cast always cries during uh, this section, and I I thought it was because of the special effects smoke and everything, but apparently uh-huh. it was because it got sad, and I was like, oh. <laughs> I was, I was hoping there was some pyrotechnics. <laughs> that caused, like, some eye irritation. <laughs> look, look, look if, you want, if you want pyrotechnics, I told you, you have to go to the, the Monster Truck Mash on Sundays. Sundays, Sundays. Can't go to theater to see pyrotechnics shows. I mean, can I not, Derek? Doesn't this suggest there's a gap? I think, I think we've <laughs> discovered why. There are two different crowds for, like, the WWE and the monster truck, uh-huh. and then the musical comedy. And it's because we're not trying to reach across the aisle. Uh, I mean, I don't think that's necessarily a gap that people are, like, just pining to close. <laughs> are you saying you wouldn't go see a Dale Earnhardt musical comedy? No, of course I fucking wouldn't. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. Oh, I felt dirty now. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>